welcome to IG's Trading the Markets. Today, I'm joined by Anthony Ginsberg, founder of the Hangens Tech Megatrend Equal Weight Usits ETF and the Hangens Cloud Technology Equal Weight Usits ETF. Thank you so much for joining us, Anthony. Great to be with you, Angeline. Now, you've actually joined us on a really critical day because um, I wanted to get your thoughts on uh, Biden cutting China off from more NVIDIA chips and expanding these curbs to other countries. Is this just another step in the tit for tat or is it something far more serious? I think it's more serious, actually, Angelina. I think it's more of a geopolitical shift away from East Asia and away from China, because at the moment, uh, 75% of all chips are manufactured actually in East Asia, dominated by Taiwan. And what the Americans are trying to do, both the Republicans and the Democrats are falling over themselves to be more anti-Chinese than, than the other, and obviously leading into a presidential election. We don't see the rhetoric uh, ratcheting down at all. In fact, this CHIPS Act is one of the key cornerstones of, of Biden's uh, economic policy to onshore more manufacturing in the U.S. You've heard about electric vehicles being onshore with lots of subsidies, and what they're doing here with the CHIPS Act is something similar. They're going to provide billions of dollars of subsidies to the likes of Intel, Texas Instruments, Micron Technologies, Qualcomm, all big American uh, manufacturers in the tech space uh, the biggest man- uh, beneficiary probably will be intel they may get up to 15 billion maybe even 20 billion dollars of um, uh, subsidizations to actually manufacture and create uh, you know wafer and other uh, chip plants across arizona and uh, ohio and a couple of other areas in the midwest we see texas instruments uh, as i mentioned micron uh, a few others becoming also big beneficiaries so they about 50 billion dollars worth of um, manufacturing credits, essentially, subsidies uh, for these tech outfits to uh, start building out their own semiconductor and uh, wafer plants in the U.S. So it's, it's a big shift, and it's a long-term uh, shift to really separate the U.S., uh, both on the Internet side, but also on the manufacturing side from um, uh, China. Is it specifically targeting chips that are used in the military? It's a good question. You know, uh, the answer is yes, on the one hand, it's it's, it's against the military uh, in China utilizing or having access to the chips. But there's another issue, which is, of course, the, the elephant in the room, uh, which is Taiwan. And uh, Taiwan Semiconductor is such a large uh, component and manufacturer of chips that there is a geopolitical risk uh, regarding the invasion uh, potentially that could occur in the next decade in Taiwan. And I think this is Biden and the geopolitical forces in the U.S. saying, hang on, we've got to bring the supply chains closer to uh, the U.S. This also relates to what happened during COVID times. There's this whole onshoring trend, whether it's electric vehicles, whether it's other manufacturing and automation, bringing it back closer to the U.S. So I think it's part of the fabric, and sadly, of deglobalization. So there is a bigger geopolitical uh, trend here. It's not just the Chinese military. It's the fact that do you want your supply chain to be controlled by potentially uh, foreign actors or um, leaders in in countries halfway around the world who may or may not just shut down the economy if there's another virus or a concern. So uh, it's trying to reduce uh, American dependence really on uh, foreign manufacturing. Now, Anthony, uh, we've talked about this many times, um, and and I know that uh, you're you, you, which side of the fence you sit on, and that AI is going to truly revolutionise and change the way we we work, essentially, and and the the way we interact. Um, how big is this gear change, and which companies are likely to benefit? Goodness, well, the 
answer to the AI question is, is that the initial beneficiaries of AI besides NVIDIA have been the fast tracking of cloud adoption rates. So the big cloud providers, AWS from Amazon and Microsoft Azure, Google, um, and even the likes of, I guess the other one would be um, IBM who are big into cloud computing as well as Oracle. They've benefited because uh, a lot of the multinationals, Fortune 500s, want to use AI and machine learning, and they need to run it off faster servers than they currently deploy internally. So there's going to be a lot more uh, cloud spending going on by uh, global multinationals, essentially. And we've seen uh, cloud earnings starting to come through. So they're the big buyers of NVIDIA chips, uh, the big cloud uh, infrastructure players that I mentioned previously. But more importantly, their, uh, their own customers are demanding uh, speed and they want to obviously run more machine learning and AI uh, services through the cloud. So uh, the easiest way to play AI right now is probably across the cloud computing space. Obviously, we have a cloud ETF as well. But I have to say that it's a game changer in the sense that uh, it's helping companies automate a lot of their reporting and uh, it's probably saving companies long term uh, costs. And obviously, we've got issues about labor costs in the U.S., where you know we don't have automatic healthcare and whatnot in the US. So if you can actually automate more and more of your uh, services and reporting in America, you do certainly save on labor uh, costs. So this is a game changer in the sense, Angeline, of a transformation to, to sort of the internet 4.0, really. We see it as a digital revolution that is impacting other areas as well. It will impact things like social media, cybersecurity as well. So it's not just uh, cloud and AI, it infiltrates other areas, even mobile technology as well. And uh, finally, Anthony, if you had to pick one, I mean, there's so many spaces that um, AI is developing. Um, yeah. You know, cloud you mentioned, uh, uh, EVs, obviously. Uh, yes. Did, could it be like the rise in, in, in the whole digital gaming streaming uh, phase? We saw uh, recently Microsoft and Activision Blizzard. Where are we going to yes. see the biggest growth? Well, that deal very quickly, the Activision deal is a classic case of convergence across all of these sub-themes that we're talking about. That's why tech megatrends for us as an ETF covers multiple themes, and it's not easy to invest in independent silos anymore. If you talk to the, the CEO of Microsoft, the, the reason they deal, did the Activision deal, it took 18 months of a lot of effort to get it across the finish line. It's really a deal across social media, cloud, uh, mobile, and gaming. And it's really an Asia-Pacific play at the moment as well because uh, the biggest take-up uh, per capita in gaming is actually in Asia because of the 5G and 6G speeds. So this is a global story. We're very, very excited about the digital entertainment space, which uh, we cover. And it's not just Netflix. Obviously, digital entertainment for us uh, includes a lot of the bigger Activision-type video game players. Interesting, gaming is five times the size of Hollywood at this point. So even though I'm based in California, uh, Hollywood's playing big catch-up to the gamers. The, the video gaming industry is growing far quicker than uh, traditional movies in, in Hollywood. So that's the one area that I think we're most excited about. And cloud on the back of that has also been a sizable beneficiary. There you go. That's an interesting data point I didn't know. Thank you very much, Anthony Ginsberg, founder of the Hangen's Tech Megatrend Equal Weight Usits ETF and Hangen's Cloud Technology Equal Weight Usits ETF.